I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hey everyone and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting-edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast. (laughs) I'm super stoked because we have a supremely special guest joining me on the show, the legend Mark Bell. Mark, thank you for joining me, man. Happy to have you on. I really appreciate it. And I've been digging your content and thank you for coming on my show a couple of weeks back. Awesome. So maybe Mark, um, do you want to let my listeners know, I guess, a little bit about you and a little bit about your story and journey? Yeah, so... I started lifting when I was like maybe 11 or 12 and got into powerlifting right off the bat. Because I started lifting at such a young age when other kids came around and we uh, like lifted weights a little bit in my garage. And, you know, I was quite a bit stronger than a lot of my friends just because I was already messing around with some weights with my brothers. And so it was something that made me feel good because I was good at it and better than most I was also a pretty big kid. And so, you know, weight moves weight. And so because I was big, it was a little easier for me to move some of the weights around. Uh, I competed and um, just, you know, fell in love with the sport. But I also knew that, like, no one cared about powerlifting. So (laughs) I uh, was I really loved football as a kid and uh, played football and a bunch of other sports. But powerlifting always kind of circled back around. Uh, as I got older, 
I also got into professional wrestling in like my mid 20s, mid to early 20s, spent five years doing that and had the honor of wrestling with with some of the greats. And me and my brothers uh, helped get John Cena into the WWE. Not into the WWE, I'm sorry. We helped get John Cena into wrestling. Uh, He got into the WWE all on his own. That was his own merit. But um, yeah, it was was fun, exciting, and it's great to still, you know, be in contact with some of those people. I've had the, uh, it's been great to be like friends with Stone Cold Steve Austin and to know people like The Rock. And it's just been really interesting. And then also being part of my brother's film that my brother made, Bigger, Stronger, Faster. That's where a lot of people know me from. Later on in life, as a competitive powerlifter, I bench pressed 854 pounds squatted 1,080 and deadlifted 766 and all within that journey while that was going on. My wife and I, we started a a magazine, Power Magazine, which was a powerlifting magazine. Also during that time, I tore my pack a couple times um, and uh, to assist me so I could continue powerlifting and continue to do the sports that I loved, I created a product called Slingshot which is a supportive upper body device for bench press, push-ups, dips. And nowadays we have an entire line of products. We have uh, elbow sleeves, knee sleeves, knee wraps, wrist wraps, you name it, we've made it. I'm also responsible for the hip circle, which is the product that you see a lot of girls wearing that they put around their knees and they use it for like hip exercises to help build up build up the butt. So we've had a very successful business and um, – that's where I'm talking to you from today. We have a 23,000 square foot facility that has uh, an 8,000 square foot gym. Then the gym is free. Super training gym is free. So anybody listening to this that uh, is ever in Northern California, you can look us up and come check it out. But every weekend, Saturday, Sunday from 9 to 1, 855 Riverside Parkway, West Sacramento, California, you're more than welcome to come in here and train in my gym no strings attached. Yeah. It's just, it's just an amazing, an amazing and really inspiring journey. Just hearing about all those things you've achieved as like throughout your career. And I'm sure you're still really excited to to do a lot more. So I'd love to get into a bit more about like, I guess your, your mindset and around habits. Like, have you always been someone that's had these good habits or like, where did they come from? The habits were born in the gym, I think trying to remember back before I started lifting weights is kind of hard. I do know that when I was a kid, I do know that uh, I used to cart around a wagon and uh, I would walk it up. I'd walk it around the neighborhood and I'd try to sell stuff. So like I've, I've always been into money. I've always kind of been into like, I guess some sort of entrepreneurial something And it was just like crap from my house, you know, stuff in our garage. I'd be like, oh, there's a hammer, you know. (laughs) And I, you know, my dad, like maybe, you know, a couple hours later was like looking around the house for, where's my goddamn hammer? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I made a a quick buck off of it. Um, So I, I I did do stuff like that. I think, you know, in hearing stories from my relatives, talk about my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather was a big part of my life when I was growing up, but I heard a lot more stories uh, after he passed away. He died many years ago, but 
a lot of my relatives, aunts and uncles, they would say that he like never slept. He was like always working. And when he wasn't working, he was like, you know, doing something with his children. He's got had nine kids. He would go to bed at like 11 o'clock. He'd be up at 5 a.m. every morning pretty much. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, that uh, explains, you know, explains how I feel because I don't I don't think that I sleep great. But yet I, I don't really ever feel tired. I always feel like I'm kind of ready to go. Um, as far as the disciplines go, the disciplines were definitely created in the gym. And strength training is a great way, is a great discipline. Just like a lot of other things are great to get into. Being like a jujitsu practitioner or someone studying, you know, some sort of mixed martial art. But I do think that there's an advantage doing something physically. While I do think it's amazing to be able to have some sort of mastery over anything, whether it be, you know, playing the guitar or the drums or, you know, learning how to paint, like all those things are amazing and they're great and they really exercise your mind a lot. But I think it is important to push your body. And I actually think things work a little differently than people think. I think when you push your body, it helps push your mind uh, a lot. And there is a lot of like research that shows this. There's a lot of studies that you can kind of look at and they'll talk about how kids tend to learn better if they just go for a 10 minute walk before they, uh, before they have a test or something like that, they might perform better. Things like that. I mean, it's been around for a long period of time. So I really love physical activity and the more I've gotten into physical activity, I think there's a direct correlation. The more I've gotten into physical activity, the more disciplined I've been and the easier it has been to stay disciplined. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And um, I know you mentioned at one point how you think it's incredibly important to get yourself right first to then be able to, you know, give on to others. So do you want to maybe expand upon that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, you have to, uh, you have to take care of yourself um, in order to be able to be of assistance to anyone else. And so I think sometimes we think that we're being selfish, you know, if we're uh, spending a lot of time doing something, but like, let's, let's say that you spend a lot of time in the next three to five years of studying, you know, philosophy ways that you could, cause like it's very common and very easy to get stressed by stuff, to have things that are going on in the world, external things, uh, which this will sound crazy when I say it out loud and say it this way, but external things that you literally have no control over, you're trying to figure out ways to control them. And then it's making you crazy and making you stressed out. But if you spend some time, you know, studying some philosophy or psychology Maybe through that process, you will have some tools that you can utilize when you do feel a little bit of that stress coming your way. You now have coping mechanisms to be able to deal with that. And so I think that sometimes we could view ourselves as being kind of selfish when we're in the pursuit and in the practice of doing some of these things. But ultimately, if you're stronger for yourself and you're more sturdy that's who people want to be around. That's who people want to be able to, that's who people want to be able to communicate with. And you'll notice that it'll be a trend in your life as you go through life. The highest level performers that you know, they're always, they're always doing stuff. They always have new stuff on the horizon. 
Um, and uh, they're just they're just staying extremely active. The one thing I want to go back to for a second, though, is about discipline. Mm-hmm. And I want people that are new to health and fitness to not get discouraged because it's easy to get discouraged by seeing all the promotion of fitness on the Internet when people are showing like workouts and running and and all these different things, all things that I do. But you have to realize these are things that people love to do. So how disciplined is it really when you actually love it? The hard discipline, if there is a, if there is such a thing, the difficulty comes in the beginning phases when you don't like it yet. So for me, I just started running, right? And with running, I have now gotten over the hump where I even on my way here to the gym. Now I actually forgot that I already ran this morning because I am starting to enjoy it a lot. It's a lot less stressful to me at this point because I've been doing it longer. And so I'm thinking like, man, I got to do a workout after the podcast too. And I still will get a workout in most likely, but I already kind of got something done today. So don't lose yourself and don't get upset with yourself if your workout regimen, you know, looks a little something like this, where you work out Monday, Tuesday, you're pretty fired up, you know, Wednesday comes around, uh, your favorite TV show is on. So you get home because you want to watch that with your wife. Boom, you're off your diet too. Um, Thursday comes around, work was stressful. You have a couple of drinks. Uh, you didn't go to the gym on that day either. You know, Friday comes around now. It's kind of the weekend and you're kind of doing that whole thing. And you promise yourself you're going to get to the gym on Saturday, but you miss it. Um, Maybe you get in some walking on Sunday, some half-hearted thing that just wasn't quite enough for the day. And then maybe you kind of start back over and try the same thing on Monday again. That is very common. It's very common. But just realize each day is a new day. And stick to whatever amount of fitness that you can do. Even if it's just, you know, it's only you doing, you know, getting in the gym and doing like one exercise. Like try to try to figure out a way to make it something that can be ingrained and incorporated into your life. Because in the next five years or so, it's going to be massively important. It's not that important right now anyway, because you're good. You're so new to it. Just doing some of it is going to yield a lot of great positive results for you. So don't really get too caught up in this, in like all of a sudden being this crazy uh, disciplined person with the diet or with the gym. Mm. Just try to stay connected enough to where you're doing a little something each day. And uh, over a long period of time, you'll just find yourself wanting to move more, encouraging other people to want to move more. And it will just become integrated into your life very easily. Mm. Yeah, I really, really respect that. And um, you briefly mentioned a little bit about you, you only just scraped on the surface when it comes to diet. So maybe did you want to discuss maybe how your perspective of of nutrition or or dieting has has changed over the years? Yeah, diet is real mess because you're dealing with you're dealing with human behavior, um, and uh, we're we are dealing with habits. We are dealing with um, you know willpower. But a great way to train your uh, to train your willpower to have power um, is to you have to you have to practice it. You have to practice willpower. And so, if you start to look at things 
rather than like have things get up, get you rather than have things uh, make you upset and things like that, like the, like something on the Internet and things of that nature, rather than allowing that to happen, you know, view going on Instagram, view listening to someone's YouTube channel as a, an act of discipline, as an act of willpower to not say anything negative to because a lot of times when you start to get negative, you're blocking out the fact that the person that is sharing information probably still has something good to say, even if for some reason you're watching somebody that you don't like, which you should not be doing that anyway. <laughs> but if you have chose to click on somebody that you don't enjoy just to be mad or flustered, I would like you to kind of reconsider. And I'd like you to rather than start rather than looking at social media in the current context that you look at it, just work on reframing, work on looking at it quite differently and, and say to yourself, um, this is an opportunity for me to practice uh, equanimity, having an even mind while I'm watching this or why I'm doing this thing. And so <clears throat> for me, stuff like that has been really, uh, really important. And I know that we're talking about diet and nutrition, but I don't really believe that people need some people do still need like more information on diet and some people still need more education on diet. But like here in the United States, we don't have a problem with weight loss. A lot of people know how to lose weight. A lot of people already have lost weight a bunch of different times, a bunch of different ways. Maybe they haven't found the most optimal way to lose weight. Maybe that's part of the issue, but they do understand that it requires them to eat differently than the way that they currently eat. They do also understand that they're sweeping it under the rug every single day, uh, these things that they're supposed to do. They're not doing the stuff that they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it. And so you end up kind of being behind all the time and you end up being hungry. And when you're hungry, you make poor decisions. So really what I think people need more so than anything, more so than just a diet is strategy. Mm. You really need a lot of strategy. Like diet is like a, um, you know, my style of dieting, I call it like a war on carbs. And the reason it's a war on carbs is because it, it's not really a war on like carbohydrates necessarily. It's a war on processed foods. It's a war against, and in war, you need a good strategy. If you're going to win, then you need a good strategy. And when it comes to nutrition, my strategy, I like to utilize intermittent fasting I like to utilize protein leveraging. Intermittent fasting is simply just not eating. Uh, it's an easy strategy. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, that's kind of hard sometimes when it comes to fitness to try to find things that aren't like costly, but not eating. Um, the only price you pay is that you uh, go a couple hours of not eating. And, and again, another opportunity to build discipline, another opportunity to build up a stronger will, build up stronger willpower. Um, for me, my fasting, it's a little all over the place, but the gist of it is I, I usually don't eat much or don't eat at all until later in the day. And so for, for today, I went and saw Spider-Man with my wife and kids. This morning I had a coffee Actually, this morning I had a bulletproof style coffee. So the coffee had uh, some MCT oil and some butter in it. Um, and then I got here and I did a bunch of work. I went for a run. Um, then I shot over to the movie. During the movie, my wife brought these uh, carnivore crisp things, which are really good. But that's just straight meat and salt, pretty much. Kind of like a beef jerky, but uh, crunchy. I ate like two bags of that, which is like 
probably 30 grams or 40 grams of protein and there's really hardly anything else in it, maybe a little bit of fat. And then now I'm here doing this podcast with you. And when I'm done here, I'll probably lift. And then when I'm done lifting, I'll probably go home. And the first real meal of the day won't start till 6 p.m. That doesn't happen all the time, but it happens. It happens quite a bit, especially the busier I get. Um, That'll happen at least a handful of times a week. So I actually like to have a bunch of crap in my way. Um, and in that way, I'll get everything done and sorted out. And when I go home for the day, then it's time to eat. When I said protein leveraging, um, by having that protein, even just during the Spider-Man movie, um, that is going to, protein is very satiating. It's something that will keep you full for longer um, than just a carbohydrate or just fat. Additionally, protein isn't really a great energy source. Our two main energy sources for humans is fat and carbohydrates. Those are both great. And then protein is a little bit more of like a building block. It's something that helps kind of uh, regenerate some tissues and and a lot of other various things like that. It's not really a great energy source for us. So the way that I look at food, I look at stuff, I look at things in terms of their macronutrients a bit. And I'm kind of like, well, that has kind of a lot of carbs in it. And I don't really think that I'm going to really use those today. I'm not really doing that much for today. Or I might look at it and say, yeah, you know, I've been pretty active lately. I've been running. I've been lifting. I want to do some squats tomorrow. I'll throw down a little extra energy. I'll eat a little extra fat and carbs, you know. Um, But really, it's just, you know, it's, it's all about having some good strategy for me Those have been the things that have helped the most. And I'll finish on this last point is that I think intermittent fasting is the greatest thing to happen to the fitness industry in a long time. But I would also be cautious because you can over fast where you get ravenously hungry and then you um, diminish the entire reason why you did a fast in the first place. Yeah, Maybe kind of think about your your energy intake, maybe think about it more as like a weekly balance rather than like a daily balance. Although the daily balance is kind of nice because it's, it's easy. But if you think about it from a weekly basis, if you go Monday through Friday, uh, not eating from, uh, let's say 7 PM until, until, uh, noontime each day, right? You do that every day for the five days you have just built up a really nice amount of time where that you spent not eating. So now you might have this little, first of all, you were in a caloric deficit, so you, you should be trending downward in terms of your body weight. But additionally, if you wanted to eat a little extra on the weekend, cause you're going to spend time with friends or family, you could just on those days, you could not fast or on those days you could have a cheat meal later in the day or it just might give you a little bit more freedom. And if you're just trying to get like shredded, then maybe you just suffer right through it and and do it for a little longer. You know, it kind of depends on what the goals are. But I, I have found that fasting has been tremendous. And the protein leveraging thing, I can't say enough about it. There's like little tactics and things you can do. One of my favorite things to do is to uh, have a small protein snack. It will carry you so far uh, even like I said, the the carnivore crisp uh, snack that I had, but you can do that with like hard boiled eggs. Um, you could do that with 
a lot, there's so many different options, but when I get home from the gym, if I get home earlier, if I get home at 2 p.m. or 3 p.m., usually I'll have straight protein from either like turkey, um, bison, I guess, has some fat in it, uh, salmon, the sa- I just, it's like canned salmon, so there's not that much fat in it. These are the kind of things that I'll eat right when I get home. Then I might take a shower. I'll lay out my clothes for the next day because I always like to kind of have my next day sort of halfway set up before the day starts. And then I'll eat dinner with my family. And I normally just kind of eat. I mean, my wife always cooks pretty healthy anyway, but I normally just kind of eat whatever we have, which there's always like protein in that meal as well. Wow. Amazing. And I guess with the, um, with something like intermittent fasting, you mentioned as like a, it's been a, a great intervention for in the fitness industry. Was there a particular life stage in which you started to incorporate it? I started to incorporate intermittent fasting probably about three years ago. Okay. Yeah. On, on and off. Um, I've also done some longer fasts and stuff like that too, where yeah. I've done a full day and done like, I, I think the full day, I think a 24 hour fast is, is another great way just to chop <clears throat> calories out. Um, if you are, you know, someone that consumes 2000 calories a day and you chop out one entire day and well, now you might, you know, now you have uh, a little extra that you could eat on a cup on some other days. But you also, the way that you have to fast, in in my opinion, is you have to kind of pretend that it never happened, you know? So when you do fast, like for me, I, I do kind of, I might fast almost the whole day. But when I go home, I got to make sure that I don't plow through 4,000 calories worth of food. Uh, the idea would be to eat about 75% or so of my daily calories, that would be probably the best bet. And if I did so with protein leveraging, eating 75% of my calories is going to kind of end up falling into like one sitting after I already ate uh, a protein-rich meal maybe an hour beforehand. And now it's going to be really hard because that protein-rich meal is starting to digest and I'm eating. Mm. So there's the other caveat with the whole thing is you want obviously to make sure you're not under eating. You know, like that can get, that can get to, that can happen really quick. Um, But I think sometimes you got to push it a little bit too far to even know uh, where to go in the first place. Yeah. I'd imagine when, when you were like competing back in the day, when it came to like lifting some of those super heavy weights, like, did you want to maybe share some of the crazy nutritional strategies you implemented back then? Yeah, you know, so I used to be 330 pounds, and this is why, you know, I think this gives me a voice to be able to talk so openly and passionately about nutrition is because I used to be really, really big. Um, I've lost over 100 pounds, and, uh, you know, I shifted gears from uh, powerlifting to bodybuilding, and uh, now I'm getting into, like, running and stuff like that. So I, I've done a, my fair share of uh different kind of projects, I guess you'd say, but powerlifting, one of the things that makes powerlifting so fun is that you get to kind of unload and eat whatever you want to a certain extent. Um, There's some people that don't really believe that from a performance perspective that you can eat whatever you want, but uh, I would challenge that a bit because I would like intentionally eat things that had gluten in it, which people are like, 
gluten, you know, may, it swells me up and it makes my joints hurt and does this, does that. I don't know what the hell is in like bagels and stuff like that, but whatever the hell's in there, they're like, it's like magical. Um, it's almost like there's uh, steroids in those things. I, I used to eat, I'd call them bench bagels, bench press bagels. Um, I would eat like about two or three bagels, um, salted bagels. So it already had like salt on it. Um, before a lot of workouts, you know, sometimes I'd have it with cream cheese. Sometimes I'd just eat it with just by itself because they, they kind of just taste like a pretzel basically. Um, that's not that much food or anything like that, but I would have those with water and that would just uh, kind of bloat me up. And I would like, I would feel amazing when I was, when I was lifting, um, during some competitions, I've done this more than once. It's like, um, usually somebody's just like grilling up a bunch of food at, at a powerlifting meet. And, uh, a couple times when I was done with squatting and getting ready for the, getting ready for bench, I've eating hot dogs during, during the break. But it's just like, you just need sodium, you know, you need sodium, you need carbs. And, uh, so the competition would come around and your face would be all bloated and round. Um, so I did a lot of stuff like that, but, but I also, I, it's kind of funny, but I also did practice some, some pretty good nutrition, uh, protocols, you know? So I, I was eating a lot of meat. I was eating a lot of rice, Typical like bodybuilding bulk type of thing. But then there was also room to have some fun with it. And so we would eat donuts. Um, people would bring donuts to the gym all the time. Cookies. I mean, just after a while, it just got out of control. And uh, I got to a point where I gained so much weight that it just was no, it, was, it, it wasn't an advantage anymore. It was just like me getting super fat. And so that's when I had to take a good look at it and be like, uh, I should probably, sh you know, switch things up a bit here. But again, I, you know, I sometimes don't think you're going to know what's the right way until you've kind of gone the wrong way first. So yeah, powerlifting, it was a lot of fun to be able to, uh, bulk up. And I, I went all the way from the, as a kid, I was in the 181 pound weight class and I went all the way through my career getting all the way up to super heavyweight. So wow. it was fun being able to compete at all those different body weights. So lately, I know you said you've, you've incorporated a lot more running. I'd love to know more about, do you have particular goals with, with your running at all coming up? Or One more thing I forgot to add about the powerlifting stuff is that at the end of every powerlifting competition, I always lost a bunch of weight. So I, I would compete, I would be big, and then I would go on a ketogenic style diet every single time just to flush out some of the water and just um, I'd like basically recomp. So every time I got big again, I would have uh, more muscle on me every single time I competed. And that was a lot easier to be stronger in terms of running. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the goals that I set out for myself, which will be pretty tough, is to do a six minute mile. Um, I. I don't have any running background at all. I mean, I just ran a little bit for some of the sports I played previously, but um, just the other day I ran for 30 minutes. It's the first time ever that I recall running straight for 30 minutes. Um, and so it's fun. It's a new challenge. I have no expectations of it. So every day is great. Every time I work out, it it feels good. Um, I may, I completely make up the workouts. So there's no, 
there's no real program or protocol to it. I'm just like running. If I feel really good, I'll run faster. If I don't feel great, maybe I'll only walk. Um, if I'm somewhere in between, uh, maybe I'll walk, you know, a hundred yards and then run 200 yards and kind of go back and forth on, on that until I've, you know, gone two miles or something like that. So yeah, it's been, it's been, you know, so far it's been nothing but, it's been nothing but fun. I'm having a great time with it. Do you notice that you get a different mental clarity effect or different feeling when you go for a run compared to lifting weights at all? Yeah, lifting, um, lifting definitely is different. I, I, the running, like you get some sort of weird, like appreciation, you're running for a little while and it's like almost like you get appreciation for like nature. You get appreciation for your own body. You're like, Hey, this is pretty grateful that this, my body's able to kind of carry me through all this. And like, I'm able to do some of these things. Um, at least it feels that way for me, <clears throat> especially after doing so many different sports when I was younger, uh, in terms of lifting, um, you know, li lifting, there's, there's, it's hard to compare anything to lifting. Like when you lift a heavy weight, you're really just thinking about not dying. A lot of times, you know, you're like, I don't want to die under this weight. You know, I don't know what's going on here. This is like, this is so heavy. Um, and a lot of times there's so much concentration going on on like the technique and the form um, that uh, you almost kind of like, you almost kind of block out like what it feels like to actually lift the weight but it's really empowering. You know, when you set out to just setting out to do anything, setting out to do something and then doing it is huge. But the pressure that you feel during a lift is really interesting. Like you go to lift a weight up on something like a deadlift and you get like a kind of pressure and you feel the neural of the bar and a deadlift bar is like real has a lot of neural on it. So it kind of hurts your hands. Um, you feel like almost like your blood pressure go up. You feel pressure uh, and a lot of sensation in, in your fingers and in your fingertips. And then it runs all the way through your forearms, all the way up your biceps, all the way into your shoulders and your traps and your back. And But when, when you actually make the lift, um, that is a really strong and powerful feeling of empowerment that just feels absolutely incredible. Um, but you get a similar sense of accomplishment at least I've felt that too when, when I'm, when I'm done running, not necessarily during the run, but when I'm done running, I'm like, oh, that felt really, especially like a few hours after it's almost like you have, uh, like a runner's high going on for a while. But, um, I have experienced some really good runner's high from like running in nature and running in certain spots. Uh, running on the beach has been one of them. Um, you just feel like euphoric and you start to feel like, well, shit, I think I can kind of like run forever. Um, and you start to kind of run faster. You're like inspired by it. You know, I think that motion inspires motion and that's why it's really important for people to move. I think that, uh, motion is the lotion. It's going to be something that's going to kind of, you know, they say an object in motion stays in motion. Well, especially true with a human being. If you get in motion, if you just tell yourself that you're going to go to the gym and do one exercise, uh, I would actually challenge you to go to the gym and only do one exercise because th there's no way you're only going to do one. You're going to do multiple sets and reps of, of a couple different things. 
uh, most likely because you're going to be like, well, fuck it. I'm here. I might as well, I might as well uh, do a couple of other things. So, yeah, running is definitely uh, different than lifting, but so far I'm enjoying it a lot. Mm, awesome. Yeah, that, that whole premise around um, sense of accomplishment, particularly, you know, with training and things like that. Um, have you noticed like during lockdown and this this time under this epidemic, like how that's affected people in terms of their willingness and discipline with training. Yeah. You know, people didn't need any help. Uh, people certainly didn't need any help um, with having excuses of not exercising and, um, you know, eating, overeating basically. And uh, during these times, I mean, we've seen, you know, such an uptick of, uh, things like DoorDash and Uber Eats and, you know, you don't even you used to have to always work for your calories, you know, hundreds of years ago. I'm not talking about just like two, three years ago, but hundreds of years ago, you know, you'd have to work for your calories or us as a group would have to go out and figure out a way to, to work for the calories, um, you know, or people were on farms and they had to go and milk the cows or whatever the various things are, um, but you had to like go somewhere to be able to uh, like kill an animal or forge something or, or whatever it might be. And now it's just a simple walk to the fridge, you know, and when it, and when DoorDash comes and stuff like that, you don't even have to see anybody. You don't have to talk to anybody. They just kind of like drop it off. And it's like, it's, it's right there. Um, we have, you know, so much fast food and so many convenient foods um, that uh, yeah, it was really kind of, it's unfortunate um, that many people have gotten so thrown off, but I think that due to the circumstances that we are in, hopefully people kind of start to come around and say, like, I'm going to make myself a little bit stronger in case some other shit like this ever happens again. I'm going to be a little tougher. And also, I'm going to take control of my own health. You know, I don't want to leave it up to anybody else because I don't really know what... You know, I don't know what's going on with this or what's going on with that. I don't know if I'm supposed to take this shot or not take this shot. Or now they're saying I should get more shots. Whether you're whether you're for it or whether you're against it, I think we could all agree that, man, wouldn't it be great if you just did the best that you could do and did the best that your family could do and the best that you can by your friends and family to take care of your own health and to encourage those around you to do the same? Because uh, we don't know, like, we don't, it's hard to get um, it's hard to get, I guess, great information at the moment because there's it's so one sided one way or the other. Mm. And so it, it makes it uh, it makes it very difficult. But I'll tell you, you know, things that don't help, you know, is it doesn't help to be like more stressed about it. It doesn't help to watch the news like it doesn't help. It's not helpful. So I think the thing is, is that we should be asking ourselves is. <clears throat> we should ask ourselves the question of rather than like, Hey, you know, can someone come save us? Like Sean Stevenson said on my podcast recently, you should think more like, how can I help myself? How can I help myself be more healthy? How can I help the people around me be more healthy? Can you suggest, Hey, um, I'm going to the gym tomorrow. You want to come with me? Or um, When you see people on the holidays this year, when you see people at Christmas, Nobody, nobody wants to hang out with each other for long periods of time and like not do anything and just sit there and be awkward and just eat the whole time. So 
grab somebody, say, hey, you got a jacket with you? And they'll say, yep. And say, hey, let's go on a walk. And if they don't have a jacket, make sure that you have one for them. So that way they, you can take their excuses away and throw them into the garbage. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I think we all could use a little bit, a little bit of encouragement at, at these times to figure out ways to keep moving and to, you know, figure out ways to stay connected to our diet too. Mm. There's one thing that you really stress on your Instagram and I really respect it as well is the the post-meal walks. So maybe do you want to talk about some of the benefits of the, the post-meal walks that you've noticed? Some things in life I think are just too simple and too beneficial to not do them. So mm. some walking, it's just, it's just so simple. It's just, uh, Almost everybody that you know will find it to be easy. There may be some folks that are older or or heavier that have a hard time with it. But um, walking is super scalable as well. Like some people, they tend to walk very slow. Others like to walk a little faster. But you can kind of find find your own pace. And uh, I think it was maybe six or seven years ago that somebody did a study on walking and compared they can, they did a bunch of comparisons. I forget exactly what the study showed uh, in terms of its variety, but I do remember that it was comparing walking to metformin and walking was shown to be, I think it was shown to be superior or at least equal to <clears throat> the powers of metformin. And uh, I don't know all the actions of metformin, but it helps people to keep their blood sugar stable, especially uh, some people that really have... Uh, their blood sugar is kind of messed up. They're diabetic. It's it's often uh, prescribed to many many people. But you could also just prescribe that somebody that somebody uh, gets some extra exercise. Which you you know with a diabetic it's a little different. You know you, you got to be a little more cautious. They, you probably can't just exercise it all away, especially right away. There may be uh, there might need to be an intervention of of drugs. Uh, in some cases, but a lot of times, even with diabetes, people can uh, exercise it and nutritionally have a strategy uh, that helps keep it at bay. And so like walking to me, you know, you're looking at increased uh, blood flow and, and just good circulation. It's a good, healthy habit. I really love walking. Probably the greatest benefit that I get from walking is what it can do for your brain. I just love the cognitive effects of walking, but I'm usually listening to like a podcast or music. And I find that I can listen to those things in my car and it has an impact, but it has almost like this, almost like euphoric feel to it. Like, especially if I, again, if I'm walking in nature, you start to get all weird and like feel connected to the earth in some weird way uh, when you're listening to certain things when you're walking and they just, they have kind of more of an impact uh, sometimes as well. So again, I just think walking is just super simple. Um, and it's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a very mild uh, form of fitness and the human, human body is very, very well designed to walk uh, for, you know, really, really long periods of time. Mm. Uh, my suggestion would be for, for people to, you know, if you have, so first of all, if you have an iPhone, I don't know what the other phones do, but if you have an iPhone, there's like a little heart tracker thing on it uh, that says health, hmm. you click on the health button. And if you look at it, it has steps on there actually. So people are like, oh, what, what, how do I measure my steps? And I need to get an Apple watch or whatever. And I have like a Garmin and I have Apple watch. I have some of those things, but um, 
I just use my phone to track the steps. And that's actually been kind of the easiest thing. And you might not always have your phone on you, but you can just kind of set uh, a reasonable goal for yourself of how many steps you want to get in. Um, one suggestion I would have is around holidays or times where you think that you're going to eat a little bit more, just walk a little bit more. You know, if, if you're always doing that, like these, I have a 14 year old, I have a 14 year old daughter and a 17 year old son. These are things that I've talked with them about a bunch and whether they choose to do them or not is another story, but at least they're aware, like they, neither one of them ever has to be on a particular diet, probably if they have been following along and doing some of the things that I'm recommending and suggesting. So right now, if you're listening to this and you're not overweight, if you can keep these things in mind, you can avoid becoming overweight without really a, a crazy, like conscious effort. You don't have to like not eat any carbs and be on a, a carnivore diet or or anything. It doesn't always take that for, for people. But it uh, again, walking is just, it's just such a simple thing and it's a great, um, I kind of view it as like a prescription, you know, and I view it as something that it just kind of needs to be done every day. So I do, I do three walks pretty much every day, days where I don't think I can get as many walks in. I'll just walk longer for one period at a time, but mm. start with a 10 minute walk. That's how it started for me and uh, hashtag it so I can see you doing your walks. <laughs> And uh, it's been transformative to me. I, I forgot to mention, I started walking like 10 years ago. You know, like obviously I've been walking my whole life, but I started walking uh, as like a, a quote unquote sport <laughs> like 10 years ago. I started doing like more and more of it. And there has been times even where I threw on weight vests and did all kinds of stuff. Um, and you wouldn't think it would be that challenging, but like get a weight vest that's like, or backpack even, get a backpack and just fill it up and just have it be a couple kilos worth of weight. It doesn't have to be super heavy, six pounds, 10 pounds. You'll be shocked when you get done with your walk, what a difference that made. Um, I was carrying a bag the other day. My wife and I, we went to a Metallica concert and uh, we had kind of this duffel bag type thing with, with us. And it was probably about 25 pounds and I had it on and it was kind of, I had it over my shoulder going across my body. And the bag was out in front of me. And I was like, wow, this thing's only like 20 pounds. I, I used to have a hundred more pounds on me. I'm like, I can, I can barely, you know, I, I had to walk pretty far with it. Um, not that it was like a huge struggle, but I'm like, this is like uncomfortable. I cannot believe I used to walk around with extra uh, hundred pounds on me. So a weighted vest or something like that is another great idea. Mm. Something really interesting that comes to my mind when it comes to like behavioral change and adhering to good habits is you mentioned it's one thing to be aware of something, but then to actually take action. Like what is that gap in between consist of before somebody, once they're aware, aware of something, what does it take for them to take action? I think it takes interest. So that's why exposure is great. And that's why I mentioned earlier, I, I think, you know, people learning about different styles of diet is great. But I think that I think that there's a lot of people that are pretty aware of people are aware. I think that people are aware that there's like kind of low fat style diets and there's lower carbohydrate style diets. And then there's like a, a, a keto diet, which is just low carb, but with high fat type stuff. So I think 
people are aware of a lot of these things, but I think we need a lot of exposure, not necessarily to like a diet or uh, be, being dogmatic about anything, but we just need strategy. And if I expose you or your listeners to a lot of strategies, someone's going to go, that I can follow. What that guy just said right there, he just said he, just said he does three 10-minute walks. I can adopt that. I can put that into my life. Um, shit, Mark also mentioned eating a serving of vegetables. Dink, there's another check. I can do that. Okay, what, you know, you're sitting there with a pen. You're like, what's next? Um, a serving of fruit every day. Boop, knock that off the list. Two or three servings of, of protein every single day. Boop, knock that off the list. Like those are all things that, you know, um, uh, maybe four glasses of water every day. You know, like th th there's some things that you can kind of have that you can be exposed to where you're like, you know what? I can do that. I think the gap that you're talking about would be so like if I if I worked out with you and you're like, all right, tomorrow morning, we're going to we're going to go to the gym and we're going to like deadlift and do this. Right. And then you're like, you know, later on in the day, we're going to go for a walk. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm all I'm into whatever you're saying. Right. I'm all pumped about it. And then you're like, and then we're going to swim. <laughs> well, I don't swim. I, I don't have like I, I don't have a skill set of swimming. So I would be like, okay, um, like I kind of need to like show me how to swim because I don't know how to swim well enough to even get like a real workout from it, you know. And you might be like, oh, okay, it's not a big deal. And then you also say we're going to finish the day with some stretching and then we're going to do it the next day. And then we're going to do it the next day. Eventually, I'm going to be like, fuck you. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to do I don't want to swim. I don't because they're not things that are interesting to me mm. now. If you could somehow figure out a way to, uh, you know, bridge the gap and say, you know, okay, Mark, you, you met, it seemed like you don't really like swimming. How about we do something else that's cyclical? Like, how about we go on a bike? How about we go on a run? Running, swimming, biking, they're all different, but they're all cyclical. They're all similar. So just having more knowledge of there's different things that we can employ and different strategies that we can utilize. Well, now maybe you caught my interest. Now maybe I because I found something that I like, it's going to be way easier to be more consistent with it. So mm. people will always say, oh, you can't. There are people say, um, I hate when people in the fitness industry try to sell cookie cutter programs or a cookie cutter diet. And I'm just thinking, why? Cookie cutter programs work great. And co cookie cutter diets work great. I can write out a diet right now and uh, put it up uh, on this uh, this podcast right now. And if everyone listened, followed it, it would work. Mm. It would actually work. I know that it would work. It, if I just was to, if, if we were just to say that everyone in the world, um, <laughs> everyone in like these guests, like first world country uh, was to eat 10% more protein. Everybody would lose weight. If Again, I'll say it again. If you ate 10% more protein, everyone would lose weight. There's, and the reason why people get, I think the reason why people get upset about the cookie cutter style of, of programming is because a lot of times they're a coach. 
and they think they have this unique way of coaching somebody and things like that. The reason why a cookie cutter program doesn't work, though, I just mentioned that they do work. They will work if you follow them. But obviously, anything that you can't follow, anything that you won't actually do will not work. So the majority of people won't actually follow the program because they don't like it. You know, if I was like, okay, first thing you're going to do is tomorrow morning, you're going to have egg whites and oatmeal. You're like, I fucking hate eggs. I hate oatmeal too. You know, and so we need to like, um, I'm going to try to put you on a bodybuilding diet, super low fat. It's this, it's that. And you're like, but I like bacon and I like cheese and I like eggs. Okay, well then we're, then have you ever heard about a ketogenic diet? A ketogenic diet is higher fat. Sounds like it's more in your ballpark. You like steaks too? You're like, yep. Boom. Then we set you off uh, in that direction. So just, you know, people being exposed to some of the different diets that are out there, but also the strategies, then maybe they can say, ah, okay, that vibes with me pretty good. I think I can do that. But you don't want any of these. Once you start seeing any of these programs that are like way out of your league and you haven't even tried them yet and you already kind of halfway think they're not going to work for you, they're most likely not. You're just at that point in your life at this time, it most likely won't work for you. So do your best to try to find something that does fit your personality, does fit your mindset. Um but also you got to be realistic with yourself because you can't have it all going on at the same time. You're not, you can't, I hate the word can, but you're going to have a very difficult time uh, eating pizza, drinking beer and getting rid of, you know, 40 pounds of body fat. You can do it, but you need a lot of strategy behind it. Mm. Yeah, totally makes sense. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to sort of switch gears, Mark, and, and dive into, I guess, um, the pressure that I guess um, young, in particular, young men are facing today when it comes to body composition and just, you know, looking strong, being strong and things like that. Yeah. You know, you see so much on social media of uh, people just being in tremendous, tremendous shape. I think sometimes we don't even realize or understand how subject we are to um, like even just watching Spider-Man just now, like the, the main, the, um, whoever played Spider-Man, I forget his name, but whoever just played Spider-Man, in this most recent Spider-Man movie, the guy's in great shape. He looks fantastic. He also like, he also looks super young. Like he looks like he's like a teenager. I mean, he's supposed to, he's supposed to look that way, but he's probably like in his twenties. But I was just kind of thinking to myself as I'm watching him, like, I don't really know any kids that are built like that. <laughs> like, he's not like jacked. He's not shredded by any means, but he's tremendously fit. And I think that even that, even that hits you like a little bit in the subconscious, you know. Um, but I think that people aren't really paying attention to it either. They're not every boy, you know, that watches that and maybe some girls, but most boys that watch that would be like, that would be so cool to be Spider-Man. But they're not thinking of like, man, Spider-Man's like in really good shape. <laughs> like he, he must, he must have some sort of regimen that he follows. He must, uh, maybe he, you know, gets through a lot of days without, uh, without overeating, without eating, you know, ice cream and cake and all these different things. So, you know, I think that there, there's pressures kind of from all over TV, movies, um, social media, obviously we're seeing a lot of that, but I think 
one of the most helpful things that you could ever do, and it's an amazing statement, is that if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. So if you are a parent, you got to talk to your kids about this stuff. You have to communicate with them because there doesn't have to be that those these images and these people that we see, they don't have to be social pressures. They don't have to have a negative impact on us. Um, you know, you could like people should know that people in the fitness industry, they spend many, many hours. They spend a lot of time and a lot of money um, and a lot of effort on being in good shape. Um, I just had Thomas DeLauer on my show yesterday. And uh, Thomas DeLauer has 3 million subscribers on his YouTube channel. He has absolutely crushed it. I have followed Thomas DeLauer's stuff for a few years. I only heard it yesterday for the first time that I want to say he said he ran like 40 to 60 miles a week or something like that. Like he, he, he runs a lot. Um, I'm not sure if he's ever shared that. I don't think he's trying to hide anything, but I I was like, what? I never heard that before. So you have to kind of recognize there's some people that have amazing genetics. There's some people that are just putting in a tremendous amount of time to it. All that really matters though, is whoever you're looking at, that ain't you at the moment. And rather than have it knock you down, hurt you or, oh man, I'll never be that way. Well, it doesn't mean you still can't strive to head in that direction. Uh, maybe you want to look like, you know, Arnold did or something like that. Or maybe you want to look like Chris Bumstead or uh, Bradley Martin or whoever, whomever it is that you're following out there. And but maybe you fall short. Maybe you don't realize that Bradley Martin's like six, three <laughs> and he's like 250 pounds. You know, like some of these people are they're, they're pretty damn big, you know, and for you to um be inspired and in, or the rock the rock six five two seventy or two eighty something like that he's huge um for you to be inspired and motivated by that is great and if the rock inspires and motivates you to get your butt to the gym and to work out that's awesome but if you're sitting around upset that you're never going to look like him um there's going to be you know millions and millions upon millions of disappointed people mm. because the rock is a very amazing looking person um you know, all you can do is is all that you can do. And I think it's a good idea to, you know, work on a reinterpretation of how you kind of view social media. I I don't think it's really healthy to have like this fear of missing out that you're not like somebody else. Um, observing somebody and saying like, Wow, I would love to figure that out. I'd love to do stuff like that. Like I'm sure that you did with I think some of your channel and some of your content's fairly is fairly new. I'm sure there's other people, Tom Billu and whoever else has like a health channel. You're probably looking at it going, I'm starting to be pretty knowledgeable. I think I can do some of what these guys are doing. I'm kind of glad they led the way. Here I go. You know? And of course, we're going to get caught up in stuff. I'm going to look at views and likes and stuff, just like we all do. Everybody does um, go, man, why does that only have that amount of likes? I thought that video would be a lot better, but there's really, there's nothing you can do about it. So mm. the only thing, the unfortunate part of life is the only thing that we have any control over is, uh, is our thinking. Anything that's outside of our thinking, we, we literally have 
no control over it. We think we do. We think we're like really powerful and we think that we can do all these things, but um, we really, we really can't. I can't make people like me more. I can't. Some of the people that that don't like me or even like hate me uh, on social media, I don't have any, I don't have any control or even really any interest on trying to uh, flip them any other way. Because all I'm trying to do is share information and to communicate with people and to try to get out a a good message. But I think there's just like too much of that going on these days where um, people are, they're thinking that they're in a lot more control of stuff than just their own thoughts and just their own actions. Mm. Um, so, you know, bouncing around on social media and looking at uh, how many people that <laughs> you're not currently like yet uh, probably isn't, you know, probably isn't a healthy place to be. Mm. Yeah. Some really, really powerful messages there. And I, I definitely respect a, a lot of what you said in regards to, you know, social media, the pressures and things like that. So, for a man like yourself, Mark, like what what else what else is on on the horizon? Like some, I'm sure you have some pretty big plans. Like what more could be done in your life? Just getting started, you know. Um, got a supplement line, you know, that we're excited about, and uh, like mid 2022 should have a pretty good uh, selection and pretty good variety of of products. We have three different kinds of protein powders that will kind of get organized in the next two, three months. Uh, we have an electrolyte product that I'm excited about. Um, so yeah, there's a lot more stuff to attack and to uncover, um, you know, continue to grow the podcast. The podcast has been great uh, sitting right here on our desk. We've got our 100,000 subscriber uh, YouTube hey. thingy on there. And uh, we know that that's going to, thank you. And we're excited about that. We know that's going to turn into uh you know, 500,000 and a million before you know it. So we're, we're pumped up and excited to really, you know, put a lot of time and effort and focus into that. It's something that uh, Andrew and I and, and Seema were all uh, very passionate about. And the passion just comes from, uh, part of the passion comes from the fact that on these longer format channels, you can really explain yourself very thoroughly. So and I think that's really important because I do talk a lot about, you know, low carb style diets where I might start talking about performance enhancing drugs. And I, I want people to to know the whole story because if they're just like, oh, he just looks that way because of perform performance enhancing drugs. That's fine if they say that, but it, it's nice if they know the history. Like, oh, I've been lifting since I was 12 and didn't take anything until I was 25. It's like kind of harder to get those messages out in short format of just a Instagram clip. And the other thing I love about podcasting is that we get to kind of we have a little bit of light on us because we're fairly popular in the fitness industry. And then we get to kind of just uh, take our, take a mirror out and just kind of reflect that uh, beam of light onto whomever's on our show. And uh, so that's kind of a lot of the stuff that I'm looking forward to doing more of in 2022 is mm. uh, just, you know, getting, um, getting more great names out there to people. There's a, there's just so many people that are kind of like, a little underground that people don't quite know about. Uh, I take a lot of, a lot of pleasure and pride in kind of finding those, those people. It's easy to kind of find the guys that have been previously on like Rogan and stuff like that. Uh, everyone's hitting them up to be on a podcast, but 
to try to find the people that are kind of like climbing up the ladder is really nice. Mm, yeah. I really, really respect a lot of what you're doing there, Mark. And um, yeah, I have very similar, strikingly similar missions myself as I grow older. So where can people connect with you if they want to find you? Please let my my listeners know. Yeah, you can uh, on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter um, at Mark Smelly Bell. And then you can also check out Mark Bell's Power Project. That would be great. Awesome. I'll be sure to leave those linked in the show notes. But Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.